All right, guys, and welcome to another edition of Just a Guy Talking Football Podcast with PG Janky. Took a little week off after the championship games, but it is Super Bowl weekend. It is that time of year. So much news, so much stuff is happening. So many prop bets are out there. There's oh, so many prop bets out there. But we're going to get into this week. We're going to preview pretty much every day. Give you a little bit of a peas with PJ every day. We're going to kind of go over each kind of group for the Niners and the Chiefs every day. Kind of give you a, which one would I take. Like today we're going to start with the defensive and offensive line for both teams. Kind of give you a breakdown on those. Which way I'm thinking. And kind of give you a general feel that I kind of got for the game so far. And kind of build up into where I uh, eventually pick it. Later this week, um, I hate to say I told you guys so, and I wish I would have bet uh, real, real good money on it back in uh, August 25th when I picked the Chiefs versus the Niners. Um, I did not pick that way last week. I thought the Ravens would take care of the Chiefs. Um, Chiefs played in a, a phenomenal game against the Ravens. I can't take that away from them, and the Chiefs uh, somehow are not favored against the the Niners, which is very shocking, especially the way the two teams have played in the playoffs, and the Niners have uh, really just kind of squeaked by. Main thing, I want to kind of bring up a point about uh, a couple takeaways from the championship games, and I'll start with the AFC game. Ravens, what was your game plan? You're like the number one rushing team in the league. You rushed the ball a total of 16 times against Kansas City. Now, my hat's off to Kansas City's defense because I kind of think that they suckered them into this. I think they suckered them into not running the ball. Because I think if the Ravens ran the ball like they usually do, I think the Ravens win that game. You saw Lamar Jackson peel off runs. You saw Gus Edwards peel off like a big 20-yard run right at the beginning of the game and he didn't rush anymore, like barely anymore. I just, I know they felt like they they had to up the ante, they had to keep moving, but man, we're talking about the game was 17-7 to for most of the game. You're not out of it. Run the football, Ravens. So hats off the Chiefs for... For making the Ravens think they couldn't run the ball. Because I think if the Ravens did actually run the ball, I think the Chiefs were scared of it. I think the Chiefs were scared of the uh, Ravens running the ball. Now, the other thing I'll say is the Chiefs made sure that the Ravens weren't on the field much. Because they they really did take over time of possession. And that was a big, big key. But man, the Ravens game plan really just... I, I. Drove me nuts. Drove me nuts watching it. And the other thing that I'm going to say, and you guys can follow me if you want on this or tell me if I'm crazy. Can we stop with these guys trying to do the juke move? And, you know, one of my friends brought up, well, it worked for Barry Sanders. These guys aren't Barry Sanders. Like Zay Flowers, just run forward. Just run forward. Lamar Jackson stopped running to do, like, a move on somebody. Guys, just run. Who cares? Like, Dave Flowers does this, like, little stutter step. And guess what happens every time he does it? it well, the, it gives the defensive guy that he's by a chance to catch him because he's not falling for the stutter step. The other thing it catches is these guys on defense, they get to run up and catch you. The other guys that are chasing you. 
I'm just, I'm, it, it's a lot happens with rookies, and maybe it's just me, maybe it's just something that I'm noticing, but this stutter step move that, like, like they're still in college. Yeah, you could stutter step and probably juke somebody out in college. You're not going to do it in the pros. These guys are paid to catch you. And I really think that if Zay Flowers didn't try to do that stutter step move, he would have got more yardage on that deep pass that he had. So, and you know what? Him striking out the ball to try to score on the end zone, uh, that play where Snead knocked it out. I don't blame Zay Flowers for that. He was just trying to make a play on the end zone. I get it. It's a tough call. You hear Andy Reid, I think, talk about that he doesn't want his players to outretch, outstretch the ball because the ball can go and be a touchback if it gets fumbled out of the end zone, blah, blah, blah. It's tough. He was just trying to make a play. I mean, it is rough because it would have been first down from like the one yard line. I, I mean, he was just trying to make a play. Now, the other thing that I'll say is, you know, the Chiefs bet on Lamar Jackson's throwing skills and and to win him the game. And they said Lamar beat us through the air and Lamar couldn't beat him through the air. So hands off to the Chiefs. Really liked that. Now. Quick little thought that I had on the Lions versus Niners. I'm not going to blame Dan Campbell for going forward on the fourth downs a couple times. No, I'm not. I'm not. It's 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 a way that he's played all year. He's playing aggressive, and I do like that this uh, this thought process came up last week, and I wanted to talk about it, and uh, it came up on the Dan Patrick show that he heard from a defensive coordinator in the league that he thinks that Dan Campbell went for it a couple times on the fourth down because he was worried that his defense wasn't going to stop the Niners anymore. And I think that's a very valid point. If you look at it, the Lions defense was playing great the first half, had everything rolling for him. Second half, Niners started rolling a little bit, and then it just started to snowball. And by that point, the Niners were playing with confidence. Shanahan was calling a different game. Proc Purdy was playing with confidence. All of a sudden, he's scrambling. I just, I think the Lions were like, he was gambling. He said it. It's gambling. He gambled and he lost. And, you know, it's part of the gig that he has to take the flack for it. But you know what? He gambles and pays off. We're, we're not talking about how, how stupid those calls were. We'd be like, cool, he needed to do that. Because I think he was looking at it like, well, my defense is either probably not going to stop him. So I need to get up some points here and put the pressure back on the Niners. And then maybe my defense can get into a spot. So I'm not going to blame Dan Campbell for those. I'm really not. I mean, I get it. He could have tied it up one time with a 48-yard field goal. Perfect conditions. Sure. Okay. The one to maybe tie it. Okay, fine. You know. Then, I mean, here's my problem. You guys are going to give him crap for the fourth downs in the second half. But then you're also not going to... You're not going to give him crap for not going for it and kicking the field goal at the end of the first. Because I'll be honest with you, if he goes, if he gets that right then and there, and they go up by 21 points, who I don't know if the Niners would have going to come back for 21 points. It would have been a backbreaker right before half. But I think he did the right thing. He put it, you know, he he said let's just put up points at 17, whichever. So. That's my couple quick thoughts about the games. I know I didn't get really depth into the championship games. Niners, I mean, they've been playing heart attack football in the playoffs. And it was, I mean, I'll be honest with you. You know, I've been pulling for the Niners all year. They've been my team that I've picked. I gave up on them at half. I was like, well, they're toast. Like, here we go, Lions, I guess. Lions, Chiefs. I guess I got root for the Lions here. And, yeah, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable comeback. 
and good for Shanahan and good for that team. And, um, you know, Brock Purdy's getting a lot of crap, but he played an unbelievable second half. Unbelievable second half. Okay, now, let's go into a couple things that I think. We're going to touch on one thing briefly, and I'm going to work on it more throughout the week. But if I'm the San Francisco 49ers, I would be absolutely looking at what beat the Chiefs all year. And you're going to be like, PJ, what beat the Chiefs all year? Well, I'm going to get into that, and I think this is why the Ravens should have been looking at two. Casey's losses. There's a running theme through every Kansas City loss that they've had this year. The team has run it at really at least 25 times against them in each one of the Kansas City losses, if not more. But you got to run the football, 49ers. You have to run the football. You have to keep feeding it to McCaffrey. It, listen, I'm going to be honest with you guys, too. This might be a boring Super Bowl. I think there's going to be some fireworks. I, I do. But I think you're going to see both these teams running the football. I absolutely do. The run game was poor. The run defense for the San Francisco 49ers was poorest against the Lions. It wasn't that great against the Packers either. But Kansas City losses. Let's just go through it. Okay, very first game of the season, Lions. Lions rushed the ball, ball 34 times for 118 yards. Then on October 29th, Broncos, 40 attempts for 153 yards. Eagles on November 20th, 27 attempts, 114 yards. December 3rd, Packers, 25 attempts, 129 yards. Now these are all the Kansas City losses I'm getting you. December 10th against the Buffalo Bills, 28 attempts, 118 yards. And then very finally, you have... The Raiders on Christmas, 29 attempts, 157 yards rushing. If you look at that, Niners, and anybody that wants to play the Chiefs, how did they used to be Tom Brady and Peyton Manning the same way? Well, it's a double-edged sword. If you run the football, chances are you're keeping the time of possession. And the other chances are Mahomes, who doesn't need a lot of time anyways, but if he's on the sideline, he can't beat you. If he's on the sideline, he can't beat you. So, Niners, if I am you, look at this. Run the football. That's about the weakest part for the Chiefs is run run defense. But it's not. That's not even that weak. They have the second scoring uh, scoring defense in the league this year. Needless to say, that's a big thought that I have. Is the Niners are going to do this? Is they have to run the football now on the reverse side? If I'm the Chiefs, I'm looking at running the football too. I'm looking at I'm looking at Pacheco all day long. All day long. But you know what? The other thing that I'd be worried if I'm the Niners is whatever zone defense you've been playing these last couple games, Mahomes and Kelsey will eat that thing alive. So Steve Wilkes said it the other day. The Niners uh defensive coordinator, he said that the Niners defense was an embarrassment against the uh, Lions. And they should really clean it up. Well, I hope they do. I really do. Because, you know, I'm pulling for the Niners in this one. I, You know, I, I don't think I can st- step away from my pick now. But it's going to be really interesting. Really interesting, to say the least. All right, there's a couple thoughts on the run game with Kansas City and why I think Baltimore should rush it more and why what I think San Francisco should do. 
Let's get into this a little bit about um, offensive line, defensive line at San Francisco versus Kansas City. Who's got the edge on both? Okay, we'll start with the D-line. San Francisco versus Kansas City. Who's got the edge on the defensive line? With the talent and the star power that, that the San Francisco 49ers have, I think you would say, wow, I have to give it to them. But I can't. Kansas City C-Line's been playing way better than uh, San Francisco D-Line has. Way better. Now, Bosa definitely had a better game against the Lions than they did against the Packers, but they had no pressure against the Packers. None. Bosa finally got a couple sacks against the Lions, but they need some better movement out of this defensive line. They've got Kinlaw. Chase Young, who they traded for, who I thought would be like a Von Miller kind of ad for halfway through the season... They're talking about benching him. They're talking about benching him. Or at least not starting him. And that's just crazy. And now, I, I, listen, I can't disagree because the guy's effort has been crap. With a capital C. So I maybe they said it to, you know, in the news to kind of get Chase Young to spurt up, get him wild up, see what he does. But yeah, that has not been working out so well as, they, it, has, as it has been... Um, as I thought it should be, actually. Sorry. Now, let's talk about the Kansas City D-line. Now, they lost um, Chris um, to He tore his ACL in that game against the Ravens. Tough loss because that guy's been playing good. But they got Carl Aftis. They got Chris Jones. They got guys that are going to get after it. Not only the mention, he's not necessarily on the D-line, but Tranquil has been playing his heart out for that Kansas City defense. So I'm just going to tell you this. I think Kansas City's got the defense, on, the the edge on the defensive line. I, they've been getting after it. They've been getting more sacks. They've been uh, creating more pressure. I think you're going to see a big-time deal with this Kansas City line. And I think that one of the keys for San Francisco is they got to get their D-line playing better. Because if they can't get any pressure on Mahomes and they can't get anything going, it's over. Now, let's go to the reverse side. Offensive line versus... Of Kansas City and the offensive line in San Francisco. Well, I'm going to give the edge to San Francisco on this one, and a lot of it has to do with uh, their tackles. You got Trent Williams on the one side, and you got Mikovits on the other side, and they are awesome at pass protection. Generally, they do get beat sometimes, but they're awesome at run blocking. And that's what they're going to need. They're going to need this run blocking going good. Now, Kansas City on the reverse side, they've got some injuries on their offensive line. Joe Tooney, who was out in the AFC Championship game, he might not be playing in this game. And that's a big loss for um, the for the offensive line of the Chiefs. I mean, he plays killer left guard. We'll just have to see. His backup, uh, Caliendo, did pretty well, but... What we, we, I mean, with no Joe Tooney, Joe Tooney's been a Pro Bowl player and All Pro. It's going to be a tough loss. Now, the other one is the tackles worry me for the Chiefs, and that's Donovan Smith and that's uh, Jawan Taylor. They're not bad tackles. They tend to hold a little bit. Bosa, I know, has already said they tend to hold a little bit. He's worried about it. It seems like the Niners are trying to talk the refs into watching the holding by him. But we'll just have to see. It. I would definitely give the edge to the Niners' offensive line. But they're going to have their hands full. 
Listen, the Niners offensive line versus that Chiefs defensive line is gonna it's not gonna be easy. So, you know, I mean I definitely probably give the Chiefs a little bit of an edge in that game. Uh and then if you look at the Kansas City O line versus the San Francisco D line, I mean on paper you think the San Francisco D line should be better, but I don't know. I don't know how they're gonna play. Mahomes moves around just enough to, you know, cause havoc for you. But We'll have to go into the quarterbacks later. That's how I think. I think Kansas City's got the edge on the D-line, and I think San Francisco's got the edge on the O-line. All right. Now, all week I'm going to give you a couple props every day, a couple things that I've done, a couple parlays, a couple things that we're looking at. So, time for the P's with PJ. Super Bowl week. Here we go. Number one, this is a prop that I love, and I think you can get it just about everywhere. I got it on DraftKings. Brock Purdy or Patrick Mahomes to have one plus reception. So either quarterback to catch a pass. Either quarterback to catch a pass. Plus 2,500. I love that one. You know somebody's going to do something crazy. Somebody's going to catch it, you know, even if it's a small pass. I don't care. It doesn't have to be a touchdown. It's got to be a pass. I think somebody's going to have some kind of gadget play and you're going to see something coming out. Especially got Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid. Some kind of craziness is going to happen. All right, now let's go for a little parlay action. This one was presented by DraftKings. I don't like to usually take all these ones, but this one I had to go with. All right, here's what they had. They had 100-plus rushing and receiving yards for Ed, or Ed, Chris McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey. Then 75-plus rush and receiving yards for Pacheco. Then McCaffrey over four and a half receptions. Pacheco over three and a half receptions. McCaffrey anytime touchdown, Pacheco anytime touchdown. So basically, the two top running backs to get some yardage in the air and, th- and on the ground to catch five and four passes and to each score a touchdown plus seven fifty. Love it. There you go. All right, guys. Tomorrow, stay tuned. We'll kind of go over the defensive secondaries of both teams. Kind of go over the linebacker crew. Kind of look at who's got the edge on those two kind of sides of the ball. And, you know, as we kind of get further on in the week, we're going to talk about the wide receivers, the tight ends, the quarterbacks. I'm going to get more P's with PJ for you. So, once again, thank you for joining Just Guy Talking Football Podcast with PJ Janky. But I'm out.